0: Episode eight hundred fifty four: The Green Bay Packers improved to three and one following a dismantling of the Chicago Bears on the nationally televised Thursday night game. We break it down with Ryan Schlip of the Packernet podcast. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. <laughs> Good morning, Green Bay Packers fans, and welcome to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV, the longest tenured Packers podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Brian Caravu, and today we're talking about the Packers win over the Bears in week four. To do that, we're joined by a guest on the phone. We're joined by Ryan Schlipp of the Packernet podcast. Ryan, how you doing this morning? I'm
1: doing fantastic. Thanks for having
0: me. Thanks for coming on the show. We're glad to have you on and discuss this win last night, Thursday night, uh, on CBS, on Amazon Prime, however people watch the game. There's lots to get to here, Ryan. And we knew before it, the game even started that the Packers' offensive line was in a difficult spot What did you make of their adjustments on the line and then how they played?
1: You had to be extremely excited about it. Um, Full disclosure, there was a brief moment where I felt like we might not win the game. Uh, I don't know if it was when we were picking people off of other people's practice squad or if it was when we found out we were going to be moving a guard to tackle. But at some point I got a little bit nervous. But the ability to rise to the occasion, the, the next man up, Um, for this team is just absolutely incredible. And I I think it was maybe the best offensive line performance we've seen all year. Um, And, you know, you also have to give a little credit to McCarthy. That was an extremely gutsy call and move on his part, as well as Rodgers and these wide receivers. I think Rodgers was getting the ball out of his hands in like 2.28 seconds. And for a wide receiver group that um, at times is kind of – harassed for not being able to get separation they were able to step up as well so as a team and as an offensive line a really 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 good effort on their part
0: yeah kudos to lane taylor in particular for holding down the left side of the offensive line we'll have more on him later in the show but ryan were you surprised the packers were able to take a two-score lead so early in the game and were able to hang on then and basically control the game from there on out
1: Uh, How could you not be surprised? I mean, would would, they do it in about four seconds? That was unbelievable. Um, But I I do think that was probably the plan going in to score early, to to kind of run up the score because the Bears are just not able to keep up. If you look at some of their previous games, uh, they, they did win one game against the Steelers, and in that game the Bears ran for over 220 yards. And we heard the announcers last night, I think they said they threw to only one receiver that whole game they just want to run the ball. They do it very well. And, um, conversely, you look at that Tampa Bay game where they just got obliterated. Um, Tampa Bay ran up the score real early and they forced the bears to throw. I think they ran in that game for about 20 yards. So there's no question the way you beat the bears is you run up the score, you do it early, you dominate and you force these guys to throw the football and they just can't do it. So, um, answer your question was I surprised absolutely but was I surprised they were able to hang on to the lead no not really this, this team has no ability to uh to come back from behind
0: yeah we saw Mike Lennon really struggled when he was forced to throw the football and had no running game to you know rely upon to take that pressure off more or less um Ryan uh, do, do you think Clay Matthews is the best Packers pass rusher of all time when we take into consideration his record-setting sack that set up the team's second touchdown last night?
1: Well, if there's one thing that I'm not, it's a historian. My, my memory is just complete garbage. It's no, I'm no good at that stuff. But, um, you know, last night for the game, I was wearing my Reggie White jersey. I think just as a respect thing, I have to give love to Reggie White. Um, all due respect to Clay Matthews and his record, I'm really happy that he's able to step up. He's caught a lot of flack from me included for saying maybe it's just time to move him inside. All due respect to him, he's playing really well. But Reggie White was a different kind of player on and off the field, and uh, I think all of us need to give him that respect and and allow him to to remain in that position as the best of all time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's fair enough. Had had Reggie White started his career with the Green Bay Packers, he may be the all-time sack leader. Uh, but, yeah, no disrespect to Clay Matthews. What he's done early in 2017 has been very good so far. Um, Ryan, did, did the weather delay, did, did you think the weather delay would impact the Packers at all in this game as it lasted almost an hour? They had to clear the Lambeau Field Bowl. What did you think of that?
1: Well, you never know how the game is going to progress after something like that. It could go either way, but you had to love that it happened. Um, You know, similar to that day you walk out in September and you just feel something's different. You know, the the weather's relatively the same, but the the season's changed and it's just something in your gut. You just kind of look around and go, something's different. That was kind of the feeling you were getting last night as you were watching the Bears. They're starting to take chunks, and you just felt something was changing and you didn't like it at all. They were exchanging punts. The Packers are starting to lose that uh, field position game a little bit, and you just start to get this, this, you know, I started to feel like I was eating my word saying go up early in this game. You know, this team can't keep up because um, with pretty much the entire game left, they can easily run the ball and still get those 14 points back. So if nothing else, I think we learned that God is officially a Green Bay Packers fan because we came out of the locker room and uh, we just continued to dominate this football team.
0: Yeah, they played well coming out of the weather delay. They played well before the weather delay, too. Um, Ryan, uh, can this team have any more bad luck on the injury front after what happened to players like Ty Montgomery, Devontae Adams, Jamal Williams, and Joe Thomas all dropping out of this game?
1: Well, it's been pretty horrible, but unfortunately, yes, it can get quite a bit worse than this. It's been bad for everybody uh, this year. It's not just the Packers. I think... I was looking at the Ravens the other day. I think they have, like, 14 people on IR. It's absolutely insane what's going on out there. But, um, you know, the, the big-picture way to look at this, this is sort of – this is playoff football. This is – you know, people are getting hurt. Uh, you got to be able to adapt. you got to be able to arrive to the occasion. This team has gone up against one of the better defenses in the NFL while banged up, and they've won. You know, they've gone up against some of the best wide receivers. They've gone up against a team that runs the ball really well. They don't have their tackles. They don't have one of their best, if not the best, defensive players, and they just find a way to win. They adapt. But the offense is struggling. The defense steps up. Guys just step up when they need to. So um, it's really unfortunate with the, the uh, injuries, but it's, it's a part of the game. And your ability to adapt in those situations makes the difference between a championship team and a team that just can't seem to find a way into the playoffs. Two
0: of those particular injuries last night happened at the running back position. So, Ryan, what what did you think of rookie running back Aaron Jones and how he played in his debut on offense, filling in for Montgomery and Williams who had to drop out?
1: I thought it was phenomenal. I, I was really, I was actually really excited and optimistic um, when he was coming in. I actually grew up in Illinois, so I I have quite a few friends that are Bears fans, and I was texting one of them, and, uh, you know, he was kind of getting a little giddy when we lost our second running back, and, uh, oh, man, you lost two. That kind of stinks for you. And I said, I hate to tell you, bud, but uh, this is potentially our best running back on the team. Um, I I was kind of being just kind of mean to him. I don't think he is the best. I still like Ty Montgomery, but you don't expect a ton of – uh, production reduction out of Aaron uh, Jones. I think uh, Jamal Williams has been struggling quite a bit to, to get his vision going. Uh, Ty Montgomery has maybe a little too much patience. Aaron Jones has played really well through preseason. He was really good in, uh, you know, practicing. I think the only concern was how much practice has he had since preseason, but it looked seamless. I mean, he came in, I think he had like 3.8 yards for Terry. Um, he looked great, and now he has a legitimate to fight for a starting job on the team and i'm i'm really excited for him
0: yeah i think he played well as well and it, it, yeah it, you mentioned it i i don't know how much time he's got with the first string offense and playing with aaron Rodgers. you would think he probably hasn't had all that much so considering that lack of preparation time i thought he played really well I'm right. What what did you agree with the Packers' decision to bench Demarius Randle midway through the game last night?
1: As a general rule, I don't like to, to bash Packers players. Um I, I do it more often than I should. But I think this is long overdue. Um Demarius Randall has been consistently one of the worst corners in the NFL now. And um you know, maybe you cut him some slack in his rookie year because it's his rookie year. He cut him some slack in his sophomore year because he had an injury and it was a pretty bad one. It was a groin injury. And um, you know, flipping your hips when you have a groin injury, I've never done it, but it certainly doesn't sound pleasant. Um so you, you cut him a little slack there. He's got a ton of confidence, which, you know, maybe doesn't seem like much, but it's a confidence position, similar to kicker, you know, you lose your job as quickly as you lose your confidence in that position. So um, I really like that, but unfortunately it's just, it's never translated on the field. And I think after that touchdown, I think everyone just kind of felt it that enough is enough. And I think we saw the frustration with Randall. I think he kind of knew that it's just not really working. Um, he, he was sent to the locker room. I saw this morning, something to the effect of it's an internal thing. I'm guessing, you know, he was maybe sort of sent because he was kind of popping off at the mouth or whatever it might be. The so one possible thing that I can think uh, that keeps him on the team he played safety in college we now have a safety playing slot we have a safety playing linebacker central bryce is you know maybe kind of good maybe whatever maybe from now on we just start practicing in that safety see if he can play in that position if not it might just be time to kind of just move on from this and call it a poor first round draft pick
0: difficult situation for Randall. Uh, Ryan, uh, do, do you think there's enough time left for this team to get healthy in time for their upcoming Week 5 game now?
1: Well, I, don't, I don't know, but you have to love the timing of it. Um, a lot of these guys, you, you feel like they're close. Um, Mike Daniels was a game-time decision. We, I keep thinking these tackles are going to play and then just you know a day or so before, they're just not quite ready. They're all very close. Um, you have to hope. Because, you know, as much as you love their ability to rise to the occasion and win these games despite the adversity, we have a real tough stretch coming up with uh, Dallas and some of these other guys. These are tough football games, and we're, gonna, we're really going to want to be at full strength for these, for these games. And uh, I guess we'll just see what happens. But I, I hope we're back and the timing could not be any better.
0: Yeah. Ryan, before we let you go, do you want to tell everybody about the PackerNet podcast, how they can listen to it, and where to go?
1: Yeah. So, um, you can find us on iTunes. It's, you know, type in Packernet and you'll see the Packernet podcast. Otherwise find us online at Packernet.com. Um, we, uh, have quite a bit of news and information on there, not just our articles, but we also have a lot from cheesehead TV, things of that. So you can head over by us and and find a lot of Brian Caribou stuff as well. (laughs) So uh, be sure to check us out and you can, uh, find me on Twitter, as was mentioned at uh, Pack underscore daddy. And, uh, we're, we're just talking Packers. So, Thanks for having me. I really appreciate
0: it. You bet, Ryan. Thanks a lot for talking to us this morning. Take care, and thanks for coming on. Yep,
1: thank
0: you. Ryan Schlipp of the Packernet Podcast joining us here at Railbird Central on a Friday morning. Glad to have him join us. Glad to have you, the listener, join us as we continue on with our show. And no uh, sound bites today, so we'll just continue talking about this will be our Packers news segment and my commentary on it. And we will talk about the chips report from last night's game. The good, the bad, the ugly, more or less. Um, starting with the blue chip players from last night. Perhaps the most impressive player on Thursday night, to my eyes, was Lane Taylor. Uh, this my own personal opinion. I, I remarked before the game... That I thought the offensive line was in dire straits two years ago when Josh Sitton was forced into playing left tackle. This after, you know, David Bakhtiari had gotten hurt, and it was a position he hadn't played before, and that didn't go over well for Sitton at left tackle. He's a fine left guard, he's a fine right guard, uh, but not a tackle. Now, Enter Taylor last night, who had never played tackle before in the NFL. I don't think he's ever played it at the college level, at least in a game. And he almost looked like a natural out there. Was was it the most dominating performance I've ever seen out of an offensive lineman? No. But things went off almost without a hitch on the left side of the offensive line. Now, according to Pro Football Focus... Aaron, uh, Lane Taylor, (laughs) Aaron Taylor, Lane Taylor allowed only one hurry on 31 pass blocking snaps and of course didn't allow any sacks. So if if there was a game ball awarded for this game, Lane Taylor, I think deserves it. Uh, now certainly I hope David Bakhtiari, a speedy recovery and, and Brian Balaga as well. It was certainly a precarious situation Coming into the game, uh, I know, again, I remarked on social media, I thought the Packers should play a Panky at left tackle where he, you know, played a majority of the preseason. And I'm like, well, he's got game experience there. Um, uh, but, uh, and, and I thought the Packers should play Jordan McCray on the right side of the offensive line. And they did that, they just kept him there where he had been for, you know, pretty much since the regular season started, at least. Uh, so they they kept that, but they they just basically more or less shaked up the left side of the offensive line and, and moving Lucas Patrick to left guard and and you know good job to him too I thought considering the situation considering the lack of preparation time all those kind of things so but Lane Taylor remarkable job last night <laughs> all 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 things considered the other blue chip player is quarterback Aaron Rodgers. I actually saw it suggested on social media before the game that the Packers should start Brett Hundley for fear of an injury behind the makeshift offensive line. And what I thought Aaron Rodgers did remarkably well was knowing what he had to do to succeed. He had to get rid of the football fast, and he did that almost to a fault. He was lucky he didn't get called for intentional grounding on the one throw that I thought he, he could have taken more time. He could have taken a few more steps outside the pocket to make sure it wasn't intentional grounding on that one play. That was actually Drew the flag, but they took it back as they said a receiver was in the area, which was questionable, but Whatever. Um I I thought Aaron Rodgers did a good job at and Ryan Schlipp uh cited the statistic earlier. Uh it came from profootballfocus.com. dot com. Aaron Rodgers uh got rid of the football an average of two point two seconds on his pass attempt. So he knew he was working behind a makeshift offensive line, and he had to get it out of there because he wasn't going to be able to sit in the pocket all night. It was going to collapse on him. Uh, and, you know, uh, and obviously that doesn't take into account the the on-purpose times where they would roll him out of the pocket, you know, slower developing plays. Obviously not, not the same thing there. But uh, Aaron Rodgers... You know, it wasn't the greatest you know game he's ever had. He only threw for less than 200 yards in this game, but uh, uh, he threw four touchdowns, zero interceptions. He managed the game, and I thought on all of his touchdown throws, they were all fantastic throws. They were all good decisions. He got the ball in the hands of his playmakers with time. Uh, for them to make plays, in the case of Devonte Adams, who had to, you know, basically catch the ball line along the line of scrimmage and then make a move and get into the end zone, uh, he did it with timing to guys like Randall Cobb. He found Jordy Nelson wide open through a nice catchable ball in the left corner of the end zone over there when he was more or less left wide open, uh, but. Yeah, great job by Aaron Rodgers to to manage this game in difficult circumstances and work with players that he doesn't work with a whole lot, like a Lucas Patrick at left guard, like a rookie Aaron Jones stepping in at running back. Uh, that That's not easy, uh, but Aaron Rodgers makes it look easy. Your red chip performers from this game. One of them goes to Clay Matthews who only had one sack in the game, and you think, oh, that's modest production. But it came such at a crucial moment, it was a strip sack that led to a turnover that led to the Packers' second score of the game that put them up 14 nothing, just moments after going up 7 nothing in this game. So it really was almost a momentum-turning uh, point in the game or momentum building. I, I guess you could say the Packers already had momentum from that first score of the game, but then to build on top of that so quickly, it just snowballed right there and it, it was almost as if you could feel right there that, you know, maybe the game wasn't over being so early in the game, but if the Packers were going to continue to play like that, uh, there wasn't going to be a whole lot more that could stop them uh but it was it was also the record setting moment for clay matthews and you know i don't i this isn't a career achievement award that I'm giving out here in the chips report, but congratulations to Clay Matthews for becoming the all time you know sack leader in Packer's history that is a commendable thing. Uh, No matter what you think of Clay Matthews the past few seasons, or if you thought he's underachieved, but no doubt about it, I think he's off to a very good start in 2017 so far. Um, You know, last week he had a very good game uh, against the Bengals, so Clay Matthews is playing well, he just has to continue. Continue to do it. I, I think he's, you know, best best off utilized at outside linebacker. Not that he's a poor inside one by any means. And yeah, he rushes up the middle kind of from an inside linebacker spot once in a while. But he's at his best rushing off the edge. And, and the Packers, I think, are smart and and they try to limit him to an extent. There are times when he comes off the field gets a break, and I think it's paying dividends, it's paying off, because when he's been on the field this year, he's been playing well, and hopefully it just continues in that direction. Uh, He also had uh, a quarterback hit later in the game that led to the interception by Kentrell Bryce, just putting pressure on Mike Glennon throwing him into a throw that may have otherwise been completed or otherwise just been a better decision to maybe not overthrow his target. So yeah the the other you know pressure he had led to a turnover as well so he only had those two pressures on the game more or less. Uh, it wasn't a great performance otherwise um, but uh, that they led to turnovers and that's what made it such a good performance from Clay Matthews. The other red chip goes to Morgan Burnett, and he didn't have any turnover-producing plays in this game, but he provided a solidifying presence on the defensive side of the football. Number one, he played more snaps on the defensive side of the football than any other player in this game. 90, he was out there 96% of the defensive snaps, more than anybody else, including a few on special teams as well. There were guys who certainly played more than Morgan Burnett on special teams. But uh, to be out there on the football field that much and not making mistakes is remarkable. Uh, Morgan Burnett also led the team with nine tackles this game. And, and, And that's what was great because he was just out there making tackles. Many of them short of the sticks. Maybe not all of them, but he's out there and he's not missing tackles on a day that you could argue was probably a little easier to miss tackles just simply because of the weather. The ground is wet, things like that. Your footing gets messed up but morgan was out there playing well and i think it was you know important because you know he's out there playing in the box and the packers for a while players were dropping like flies you know the the second level players who play in the box guys like uh Blake Martinez a, at least temporarily had to come out of the game while they evaluated him for a concussion he came back which is good but he was out of the game for a stretch Joe Thomas you know had to come out of the game he suffers an injury so for Morgan Burnett to be a second level player more or less i, I know he moves around but you know while, while other guys you know are coming out of the game shuffling in and out because they got to make adjustments due to injury Morgan Burnett is just out there just doing the same thing he always does and and, and you know making a lot of tackles out the out there, pardon me, and not making mistakes. So good job by Morgan Burnett. Your cow chip performers from this game. One going to Demarius Randall. Um And you know what? It it wasn't so much his play on the field. Uh, he, uh, he, of course, looks very poor on the one touchdown pass that the Bears had. Um, and, and wasn't in the vicinity and played arguably too far off the ball. Didn't have enough makeup speed in order to make up for it. Uh, a, a poor play, no doubt about it. Other than that, I didn't think he played terribly poor. There might have been one missed tackle in there by Demarius Randall, arguably. Um, but, uh, you know, what it was, was the, the, the sulking on the sideline uh, that you saw pictures on social media of his hands draped, you know, over the bench. Wasn't hanging out necessarily with his teammates on the side you know and that can be that can be a cancer to a locker room when when a player is like that and, and and not showing up and facing the media after the game taking off these are not good things for the green bay packers thankfully it's going to get overshadowed by a win and i don't think it's going to be a major distraction to this team but but Demarius Randall is making it more difficult on everybody else because now the players have to answer for him. Because he's not there, who does the media have to go to? Well, they have to ask his teammates about him. You know, go, go and read articles today. Devon House has to speak more or less for Demarius Randall. So, you know, to, to I don't know what the decision was, uh, you know, whether it was – DeMarius Randall's decision to leave the sideline or a coach said, "Hey, you got to get out of here if you're going to be acting like this," regardless uh, of whose decision it was, the burden falls with DeMarius Randall regardless because even if it was a coach's decision, it was because of DeMarius Randall's actions that he had to leave the sideline or uh you know, whether he left it on his own accord. It is Still, I haven't seen the whole story there. And Mike McCarthy had to answer the press after the game. That's an internal matter. You know, uh, Demarius Randle is now on thin ice. You you continue to give him the benefit of the doubt for, you know, probably more than anybody else simply by the virtue of the fact he was a first-round draft choice. But also, his rookie year... While he got beat his rookie year, at least he was out there making plays too, making interceptions, making huge pass-up breakups in big time situations. I miss that to Marius Randall. Heck, if you're going to play poor, at least make up for it and produce turnovers that can help this team and probably, you know, uh, overshadow and-, and makes you kind of disregard some of the bad at least. Uh, And, you know, as far as 2017 is concerned, and and most of 2016 as well, it's far more bad than good. There's been very little good. So, Cowchip did Marius Randall. The other going to right tackle, Justin McRae. You know, on social media, I say this after the game, and some people react. You know, like, what? you know, giving it to Justin McRae, you know, what the heck. He's, uh, you know, their fifth option at right tackle. You know, this is not about expectations for a player. It's about production. And I encourage you to find me somebody who is worse than Justin McRae out there at Right Tackle. Every game, I give two players in every category, regardless win, loss, whatever. I don't, you know, I don't evaluate coaches, I don't evaluate. Uh, injuries I'm not putting those in the categories here um, or at least haven't for years and uh, so so I thought Justin McRae did not do all that great of a job at right tackle was it was it the worst performance I've ever seen from a right tackle no Uh, but he's out there giving up a sack and and, you know this that My evaluation didn't have to do with the holding call, which I thought was bogus as well. I can't believe they called him for a holding call. Uh, I suppose he could have got in better position. You know, he's out there reaching a little bit. Uh, lunging a little bit. I, I still don't think he held anyone. Kind of looked to me that he was just in in a poor position and kind of had to ride him out. And you actually kind of give him credit for riding out when he wasn't in perfect position, riding the pass rusher out of the picture. Um, so th- that didn't, you know, play into my evaluation. But out there getting beat several times off the snap, he, he just isn't, you know, at the caliber of, of, you know, many offensive linemen ahead of him on the depth chart, including those who were either inactive or on the injured reserve list. You know, I, I credit him for battling. The, the talent level just isn't there with with Justin McRae. And, and, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, Brian Balaga will be able to return soon enough or any of the multiple players on injured reserve, for that matter. So there you go. There's your uh, chips report from Thursday night's game. Um, honorable mention went to both Randall Cobb and Jordy Nelson, who had who had touchdown passes. I almost thought, you know, Jordy Nelson has the two touchdown passes and has four now in the past four four days, and, and that gets attention. I thought Randall Cobb probably actually played better than Jordy Nelson, despite having fewer touchdowns, just because Randall Cobb's out there. He's making nice moves out there, and he's catching the ball. He had zero drops, whereas Jordy Nelson had a drop out there. I thought he kind of made a poor decision after catching the longest play of the game there. He kind of turned around and I thought allowed the defense to catch up to him. Not that Jordy Nelson played poorly, I just thought that Randall Codd actually played better. And a dishonorable mention to Packers rookie cornerback Kevin King, who was very poor in his tackling yesterday. And I didn't think it had to do anything to do with the weather, uh, actually. He's out there leaving his feet and you know, diving and and not coming up with anything. That, that Kevin King was okay in coverage. He uh, actually doing okay there, uh. But just you know, there's there's games in football that are going to be poor weather, and you're going to have to tackle better. You don't have to be. I'm not expecting a cornerback who you know weighs less than you know what does Kevin King weigh? Probably in the in the range of 200 pounds. Certainly, I'm expecting the 250 pound linebackers to be better tacklers. Uh, but you got to get people down, especially in a game like this where the field is wet. He's got to get better at that. Learning experience for Kevin King. I'm not worried about him, but he does have to become a better tackler and wasn't a good tackler last night. Um, next segment, final segment, the day ahead. As usual, Packers head coach Mike McCarthy will hold his day-after-game press conference The Packers have already published what time it will be held, which will be at 2.30 p.m. Central Time. And, of course, it will be streamed live on Packers.com. I think people, of course, will be looking for an update on the injured players. Devontae Adams, Ty Montgomery, Jamal Williams, Joe Thomas. And I wouldn't expect Mike McCarthy to give an in-depth analysis of the injuries, but he might be able to at least give a confirmation whether a player like Adams has been released from the hospital if that if that hasn't already been reported. I know last night McCarthy commented on how Adams was already pushing to get out uh at the time of the press conference, but I don't think there was any official word at that time. Um you know, so hopefully uh we're going to hear good things on Devonte Adams today. Uh, I thought it was definitely worthy of a penalty um, on the hit by uh, Bears linebacker Danny Trevathan. You're hitting a defense, defenseless player, and players in the NFL just have to realize, you know, when a player is defenseless, and it's it's basically quarterbacks standing in a pocket. You can't be taking headshots. And it's receivers while they're catching the football and haven't yet taken two steps. And, 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 and Trevathan's got to see that his guys already, you know, are, are making the tackle to begin with. You can't just go in there, lower the boom, and and lead with the head. And probably may or may not have seen the target. I'm not going to speculate there. But, you know, he's got to be able to see the situation You know, for a guy like Trevathan, he's got to be able to stand at ready and make the tackle if need be. Uh, And and I don't think there was any situation which he was going to have to last night because, you know, his teammates had the tackle. You just can't be flying in there with a guy who's just a split second earlier just making the catch. Um, So, you know, it looks like he's got more decision-making time. Uh, In in, you know, when when you see the replay, I realize that, you know, it looks like Trevathan, when you see the replay, has a lot of time to make a decision. You don't, but you got to just know in today's day and age in the NFL, when a player is making the catch, that you can't just come in there and level them. It's a little bit different when a player is running the football, a carry from the backfield. Uh, it, it's totally different when guys are catching the ball over the mill because they don't have time to protect themselves, and it's not always the receiver's fault. They can be put in a vulnerable position by guys who are ma- trying to make a legal tackle and are just twisting his body around. That's the worst part. So, like I said, you know, good, good. You know, we're hoping for good things for to hear about Devontae Adams today. Uh, Other than that, it's time for the mini bye week here. Uh, The Packers, the good news, get 10 days now until their week five game. Uh, So that's a lot of time off. Hopefully by that time, the guys who were on the brink of recovering, guys like Mike Daniels, are hopefully going to be ready in time. Uh, You know, guys like David Bakhtiari, probably going to be a little bit tougher for a guy like, you know, Brian Balaga, who suffered the setback to his ankle injury in the Bengals game, maybe it's going to take him more time. Regardless, I, I have no doubt that this team is going to be in much better shape, uh, you know, 10 days from now when I believe they take on the Dallas Cowboys. Um, it, 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 it comes, it, the, the Thursday mini buy always comes at a good time every year. I'm like, oh, good timing, you know. They're they're injured. Well, there's injuries every year. This year there seems to be more than than most, I guess you could say though. And you know, they they need these guys who are impact players, guys like Nick Perry to maybe get the even if the club cast isn't coming off yet, maybe it'll be smaller and he'll be more of an impact player out there. All these kind of things the Packers need. But anyway, that's going to do it for today's show of Railbird Central. Thank you, everybody. Join us. Uh, Thank you to Ryan Schlipp of the Packernet Podcast for joining us on today's show. And uh, we'll see you later, folks. Railbird Central typically airs every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. That's a live edition of the show podcasted and on demand later in the day. On behalf of everybody at Cheesehead TV, I'm Ryan Carvu. We'll see you later, folks. I leave you today with a song called Golden Ghost by Lotus on Psy Fidelity Records. See ya. Go Pack Go.